Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I'm your host, Michael Ford. This is the podcast where we change the complexion of the comic book universe. And my co-host is Kia Lisi herself. Hello. Hello, people. Hi. <laughs> Hi, how are you doing? And we're also joined by the illustrious uh, representative, one of the many representatives of the Latinx delegation, uh, the adorable one himself, Martine. Hello, everybody. It's me again. At this point, I'm just like an unofficial co-host, I think. <laughs> yes. yes, you are. <laughs> nice. But, um, you know, I mean, as we as we often say that, you know, every episode is potentially someone's first episode. I'm going to come out the gate with I'm apologizing in advance for for what will happen um, as we go through our fifth round of our second season of the racial draft we will be selecting comic book characters or we have selected in the past round uh, comic book characters from the various delegations and uh we're going to discuss them uh hopefully with hilarity kia are you prepared to bring hilarity ha 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 <laughs> <laughs> i'm hilarious <laughs> okay, there we go. So, uh, you know, before we before we dive in, Kia, what were your impressions of the picks overall in this uh, in this fifth round? Uh, the Latinx team was horrible. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Um, um, honestly, like, it wasn't a bad round. I mean, as we go through them and stuff like that, I'll you know give a little bit more insight. But it wasn't horrible. It wasn't bad. I totally disapproved on I disapproved on everybody's pick, by the way, in the polls. So. Oh yeah, you did you strongly yeah. disapprove or did you? So I think disapprove? I str I think I strongly disapproved on everybody's picks. Interesting. I mean, yeah. Well, I too thought it was a strong round overall uh, in terms of picks. Obviously, you know, um, you know, the picks are always better when we get a little bit of backstory and we are maybe a little light, little lighter on backstory than, than I would have liked, but, but you know, but we can, I think didn't Tomati come through this week with oh. a awesome backstory though. Yes. He did not put Kia aura, which I think means something <laughs> or whatever. I just noticed my name wasn't there. So I was like, uh, is the backstory really that good without the Kia aura thingy that he puts in? And I don't know exactly what it is. So don't quote me on it, but I know there's Kia in it. Yes, and anything with Kia in it is automatically it's, better. Yes, obviously. I feel you. But uh yeah, no, I thought there were some really cool picks and I you know, from a from a scoring uh perspective, I think that there could be some hidden gems. Um hidden gems as far as those characters are concerned. I think that there are characters who have a fair amount of, you know, mainstream recognition and there are characters who, you know, could have even more mainstream recognition in the future. So overall Overall, I thought it was a strong round, and you know, obviously, we still have more than half the draft to go, and hopefully, this bodes well for for what's coming. But, uh, Martine, what, what were your overall impressions? Putting aside your own pick, because you know, there's yeah. obviously going to be a little bit of bias there. Yeah, just a little bit. But uh, 
Yeah, very, very good round. Um, I definitely enjoyed seeing some picks more than others. Uh, hmm. And uh, it's very, uh, it's just going to be very fun. I mean, uh, it is going to be a very light on backstories time around. I think it's just Tomati and uh, and um, did the Black Delegation, I think, did one too, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's just three of them. But that's like, that's only a third. Right. But, you know, it would still, we're going to try and make this episode good, even without <laughs> all the backstories. Yeah, you know, what we'll do is we'll write our own backstories on the fly. It'll be great. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I can do that. <laughs> I can help them out. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, you know, we've got a couple, <laughs> we've got a handful of nerd news stories. Uh, one, actually, I guess they, they, they there's one genuine news story and a couple of rumored stories. I'll start with the first rumor, which involves the upcoming uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier series, uh, which we, I think we don't have, I think we still don't have a start date for that when that's going to drop on Mar or Marvel, uh, uh, what do you call it? I'm sorry, Disney Plus. Disney Plus. Uh, the Mar Mar I'm getting there. I didn't call it HBO Max this time. No, um, but I think you were going to call it Marvel Unlimited. I was yes, definitely going to yes, call it yes. Marvel Unlimited. <laughs> you got him, Marcin. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, so uh, an actor by the name of Elijah Richardson um, is rumored to be cast as uh, Elijah Bradley, or sorry, Eli Bradley in the uh, Falcon and Winter Soldier. Um, he's the, the reason that he's important is because he is tied to the very famous uh, Truth, Red, White, and Black series, which details the, um, um, I suppose you would you would call it the Tuskegee experiment style experiment mm -hmm. to uh, develop a new super soldier serum where they use black soldiers and uh, there's a black Captain America that comes out of that, but he ends up mm -hmm. with some side effects. Um, and um, his grandson, uh, mm -hmm. Eli Bradley, takes on the moniker of Patriot in order to sort of carry on the tradition of his grandfather. So Elijah you know, Richardson has freckles. Freckles. Yes, he does have freckles. Uh, and he has like his freckles it. and waves. So, you know. Oh, oh. So, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm eager to see. I mean, he's eight the actor's 18, so he's right in the age group. Ooh, so, he legal. could be <laughs> I was thinking <laughs> that he was in the age group to be uh, in line with that young Avengers thing that they seem to have going on. Yeah. Um so, you know, <laughs> Uh, we haven't really seen Elijah Richardson. I mean, sorry, we haven't seen uh, Eli uh, Bradley too much in the comics of late. There was a, another Patriot that they introduced a few years back, um, whose name escapes me right now. Um, but um, maybe this means that we'll they'll find a way to um, kind of bring him back into the fold, and uh, maybe this will inform future draft picks, um, given given when when this uh, series series could drop. Mm -hmm. uh, Kia, do you have any thoughts? Well, other than the freckles, do you have any thoughts about about uh, Elijah Bradley? Um, I I'm willing to give him a shot. You know, anybody with freckles, you know, has my vote. So we'll see how he does. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And you know, that rumor, you know, is courtesy of Charles Murphy and Murphy's Multiverse, who are uh, friends in the pod. So thank you, know. you, Charles. Thank you. Yeah. Um, another rumor, uh, from that same source uh, has to do. Oh, wait, wait, you didn't. Okay, there's actually like three rumors total, but did you hear about the one where Henry Cavill is dating Frankia Bernstein? 
No, I didn't hear that rumor. Would you like to yeah, you, would you like to fill the people in on that rumor? Yeah, I heard that Henry Cavill was getting it in really good with Frankie yeah. Bernstein. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so was there? So did you help him release the Snyder Cut at, at all? <laughs> I think um, she helped him release. Yes. Okay. Good. Good to know. Good to know. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because there were a couple hashtags going around this week about uh, Henry Cavill coming back. Um, so, you know, she's like, he, she's really like, you know, trying to help him with that, you know, he needs all the help he can get. All right there. And then, you know, you heard it here first, mm -hmm. you heard it here first in the racial draft podcast. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> another rumor from our friends at Mur Murphy's multiverse, hot off the press, hot off the press, uh, just, just hours ago, there is a rumor that Jessica Jones may appear in the She-Hulk series. Did you hear that rumor, Martin? I did hear that rumor. Yeah. I'm a I'm down. I'm so down. Jessica Jones is like my shit. She is like, ugh. she's like my life force. She is my energy. Yeah, I'm a you know, there there there's definitely a history between those two characters. Um I I do think it would be a natural fit. Um, you know, I've I'm sort of on record as feeling like they don't have to bring the Netflix characters back. But you know, she was one of the the high points, and if yes, they do, was. and if they do want to bring her back, maybe whether they reboot the storyline for the character or they continue in some kind of fashion, I would love it. You know, um, I do. I kind of feel like she'd have good chemistry with Tatiana Maslany. Um, so yeah, I'm here for it. So hopefully, fingers crossed that these that that rumor comes to fruition. And we get, uh, you know, we get Jessica Jones in our She-Hulk. And you know, you never know. Maybe they'll continue, continue on with the Jessica Jones, uh, Luke Cage, uh, storyline, oh, and you know, and he'll find another way uh, oh. into the MCU. Oh, he, mm. <laughs> I mean, do mm. we need, do we need to pause for Luke Cage thirst? Oh yes, everybody, uh, get your drinks, guzzle it down. I'm over <laughs> here with Essentia. Um, hopefully, one day they'll, uh, you know be one of our sponsors drink water with a high ph it's good for your body what's up keep hydrated and the other bit of news i mean i, I suppose it falls in the realm of sad news but we'll, we'll we'll call it ambivalent news i suppose um and that and that's to do with the uh, cw series that was a uh, cw uh back backdoor pilot that um, you know was meant to be a spinoff of the Arrow series called Green Arrow and the Canaries, which was going to feature Catherine McNamara as Mia Smoke, Katie Cassidy as Laura Lance, and Julia Harkavy as Dinah Drake. Basically, the splitting of the Black Canary character into multiple characters, um, and you know through through the multiverse, and um, a futuristic version of uh, Green Arrow and Felicity's child. Felicity being a character that's not uh, a big character in the comics, but was very popular in uh, the CW uh, universe. Um, you know, as someone who was kind of meh on the series, I was willing to give it a chance because I, I like the cast members. But, um, you know, if this means that passing on, on this series uh, opens the door to there being a proper Black Canary series which follows the character from Birds of Prey, you know, it, it, that could be a win-win. Uh, what were your thoughts, Martine, about about this uh, Arrow spinoff? I'm not surprised. 
Um, Cause like the whole thing of like having to wait this long to yeah. hear anything about it was never super um, good. Yeah, and exactly. Apparently I found, and then apparently it was like, the decision was already made before the pandemic really started. They just didn't tell anybody. So like mm. they knew they weren't going to go forward with it for months now, for right. almost a year. And they just kept, they kept it to themselves until now, until recently. Um, and that's yeah, a bummer I mean, because it, you know, prevented them from finding additional work or maybe yeah. being written into other series. Yeah. But uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, maybe because now Black Canary is kind of free from the CW, like in that sense, they could use, uh, they could now like do something with Black Canary in like HBO Max with Journey Smollett. Exactly. You know? And and that would be that would be great because we are a pro Journey Smollett. We are a pro Journey Smollett uh, series, and um, I was going to report another rumor, but then I realized that the source of the rumor is we got this covered, and we are an anti we got this covered podcast. <laughs> so I suppose that that means that it's a good enough time to drop, you know, to sort of dive into the uh, pick by picks in uh, round five uh starting us off starting us off with the first pick in round five jessica drew aka the spider woman give me a second because i am going to pull up the jessica drew backstory the the real the real backstory in the 616 universe Given her powers via genetic tampering as a child, Jessica Drew has gone to work as a spy, private detective, and superhero. Jessica Drew was placed into a hibernation chamber for years before emerging decades later, still a teenager. Physically enhanced by special spider-drive serum, Drew chose to take her life into her own hands and became known as Spider-Woman. Her powers include her spider-like abilities of enhanced muscular density, strength, endurance, speed, and reflexes. She also has the ability to stick to surfaces via a substance secreted from her hands and feet. She also has bioelectric generation where she allows her to fire energy blasts. Uh, she's also a, a very skilled hand-to-hand -hand combatant, a savvy private investigator, and also a talented marksman. She also, underrated power of hers, has the ability to generate a pheromone that can result in a range of effects, both positive and negative, uh, on those around her. So, uh, Kia, are you a fan of Spider-Woman? I actually am. I do like Spider-Woman. I mean, you know, anything with woman in it mm -hmm. is nice by me. <laughs> nice. Well, uh... You know, she was, I, I should have mentioned that, she was chosen by the uh, South, the East-Southeast Asian delegation. Dang, um, they actually came to play a little bit. I know, <laughs> and, and you know, I got word from, I got word from Ron from the delegation that uh, this incarnation of Jessica Drew is Thai. Um, so, if you, you know, if you need help visualizing that, just think of uh, a Thai, a Thai actress. Uh, in the Jessica Drew outfit. Um, we'll, Do we we'll... have any fan cast for her? So we didn't have any official fan cast for her. Um, we had some discussion about possible fan cast, but nothing official, you know. So, um, hey, but if you're, if you're a listener and you'd like to submit some 
possible fan cast for Spider-Woman, feel free to uh, comment on, on Twitter or on Facebook or wherever you, you hear this or see this, and we'll, we'll pass that along. We are all about the uh, fan response. Speaking of fan response, let's talk about the approval rating, where the, it uh, received an 80% approval rating with 60% strongly approving, 20% somewhat approving, 13.3% somewhat disapprove, and I guess this is all Yukia, 6.7% strongly disapprove. <laughs> I guess so. I mean, it could have been me. It could have been somebody else. You never know. Somebody, you know, watching the drafts and saying, oh, no. Well, one thing that I want to speak out of, about um, about Jessica Drew is, you know, she, of course, has a solo book. I hope I, I don't know if you're reading it. It's a really fun book. And um, what I found out this week is that the writer of the book, Carla Pacheco, um, her partner is a stunt, uh, a stunt choreographer. So there is a lot of uh, stunt work and hand to hand combat in the artwork. And, you know, typically that bodes well for uh, scoring opportunities. In, um, given that she has a solo book and that she's kicking a whole bunch of ass, um, high recommend for the book. She's still playing some kind of role in the King in Black storyline. Um, it remains to be seen what will happen in the upcoming months, but I think this is a big. I think it's going to be a big year for Jessica Drew. There's still that rumor that um, um, what is the the director's name? Um, Olivia Wilde is uh, working on a Spider-Woman movie. That is yet to be officially announced. If it's officially announced, that's more points. Kia, we like points, <laughs> don't know, we? You know, we know we love points over here. What about you, Martine? What do you think? How do you I'm also a fan of points. <laughs> <laughs> now, yeah. now, was Spy now was Jessica Drew on your list at all, Martine? Um, she was not. She mm. was not on like a list, the list I made. Um, because mostly because it is just like for the month of March, at least it does seem like the only thing she's going to be showing up in is her solo series. Mm -hmm. And so like one appearance as opposed to someone who gets like two to three. Right. Uh, but yeah, I think she is still a good pick. Like we don't know what's going to happen in like in April. Because uh, yeah. so one thing that I'd like to point out is that, you know, as of late, she's been appearing a lot in Spider-Man books. You yeah. know, as part of as part of their sort of extended Spider family. Obviously, mm -hmm. she and you know she's known as, um, you know, Carol Danvers' best friend. I should have pointed that out. That yeah. um, you know, her connections include the Avengers, Jessica Jones, Spider Man, uh, Wolverine. You know, and of course Carol Danvers. Her enemies include um, the Brothers Grimm, Doctor Octopus, Hydra, uh, Morgan Le Fay. Um, you know, she's she's got a lot. Oh, and she's affiliated with both S.H.I.E.L.D. and S.W.O.R.D. And, you know, obviously there's a, a S.W.O.R.D. book. We don't know if that will, um, you know, she'll figure in that, um, especially given that there are um, some, some King and Black connections uh, to S.W.O.R.D. right now. So I think she has a lot of – I know what you're saying, that there are uh, uh, confirmed appearances for her. Uh, there's yeah, only one in March, but there yeah, are a lot of possibilities. Potential. Yeah. yeah. And like I said, I mean, she could stand to improve her profile a lot in the coming year. And, mm -hmm. you know, as they as the Asian delegation, it's nice to have uh, have a prospect a blue chippers as we, you know, so to speak, mm -hmm. um, right there in the fifth round. Yeah, their second spider person. That is right. That yeah. is right. 
Uh, excuse me. And that brings us to the second pick of round five from, uh, you, you know, our buddy Shep from the multiracial delegation. I'm sure That's Kia. Good. I'm sure Kia, you have a uh, a vested interest in making sure the multiracial delegation uh, doesn't uh, shit the bed, so to speak. Uh -huh. I mean, yes, yes, I hope so. But you know, like at the end of the day, I am now um, I've now moved on to greener pastures of being <laughs> a co-host. So I have to, you know, be impartial to everybody. <laughs> Well, that is fair. So the multiracial delegation selected Damian Wayne, um, you know, as far as their racial selection, they selected him uh, in deference to in deference to their uh, drafted father, uh, Latinx Batman. They mm -hmm. made him Puerto Rican and they made him Egyptian. So he mm -hmm. stayed right in line with the rules of the racial draft by not trying to completely reinvent anything, which I fully <laughs> respect. How do you feel? How do you feel about that, Martin? I'm glad he like he didn't try to change it up too much. Like he still kept it with yeah. our Batman in in mind, and uh, I'm just glad that they chose him because I had no clue how we could potentially have done that without also altering Talia, and um, in and or any because like Talia could be chosen for any like right. at any point. But so like I'm glad that. Uh, Damien is in a nice place in the multiracial team because, like, yeah, he's a good pick. He, he is. He is. He's got two, like, in both of the bat, like Batman and Detective Comics. Mm -hmm. He's got mm -hmm. two story. He's got a story in each one of those. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So he's good. He's a good. That's a good pick. Like that's, you know, I approve one hundred percent of that, and I approve of the fact that Shep kept us in mind. And right. didn't try to alter it too much because we've been in a situation where like someone kind of like didn't do it like last season. Like yeah. it was like. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. listen, I listen. That? I fully, I always appreciate when when they when uh, people use a creative solution. Yeah. I thought it was a creative solution for make the for making the divergence um, for Damian Wayne. Um, you know, we're talking about season one when the white delegation said that he was genetically engineered to remove uh, melanin from his background um, to make him to make him a bet even better uh, a yeah. bat and even better uh, assassin. Um, yeah. I would say that recent events have select have, have have demonstrated that there are some benefits to uh, being white if you want to kill people. Um, I suppose we'll leave it at that. <laughs> yeah, good for Damien this time Damien. around. Exactly, but you know. So he wasn't at the Capitol. What? Um, I mean, or was he? Or was he? <laughs> um, I'll go ahead and dive into the uh, the canon the canon backstory for Damian Wayne. Damian Wayne is the child of Bruce Wayne and Talia Al Ghul, and thus the grandson of Batman's villain Raz Al Ghul. The character was created by Mark Mike W. Barr, first appeared in Batman: Sons of the Demon, 1987. Having spent his gestation in the laboratory, Damian was was raised by his mother until 10 years of age, at which point she left him in the care of his father, who had not been aware of his son's existence. Not a deadbeat. Um, <laughs> Damian is violent. Oh. Until that point in time, Damien is violent and self-important and was trained by the League of Assassins, learning to kill at a young age. After the events of Batman R.I.P. and Batman Battle of the Cowl, Batman took up the identity of Robin, becoming the fifth uh, person to use the Boy Wonder's identity. He worked with Dick Grayson, who replaced Bruce's Batman for a time, and he uh, 
in the in a future that was depicted in Batman 666 uh, played a future Batman, um, filled the role as future Batman. He also was killed and brought back from the dead with superpowers. He also um, started a, his own Teen Titans team and is, as of uh, recently, uh, given up the role of Batman and it still remains to be seen what his new alter ego will be. And hopefully future storylines will flesh that out. Do you have any thoughts about what, what you think is he's going to go um, in terms of DC Universe, Martin? I mean, it's, it's tough to say, because like they, DC loves their Batman and specifically like their Bruce Wayne Batman. So I don't see him going back to Batman anytime soon. I know he's got a real good friendship with uh, Superboy. Yes. So like, yes. they're probably going to keep that as like a whole like new the Super Sons, yeah, mm-hmm. the Super Sons, a new dynamic duo for a while. And because um, I mean, if I remember correctly, isn't there going to be like a new digital first series for them too? Or well, so the digital first series is going on right now. Oh, like right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I don't know how long it's supposed to go for, mm-hmm. but you know, theoretically, if it does well, they'll keep that one going, and he'll score points that way as well. Yeah. Um, but in terms of you know, sort of the you know, because the, the digital first series takes place before they uh, aged up Jonathan Kent, so yeah, it's in that era, which is, which is a um, good decision. <laughs> Well, so I'm so I mean, obviously uh, Jonathan hasn't been drafted yet this season. Yeah. So I'm curious to do this to where they, you know, which delegation takes him. But I'm I kind of understand the the logic of aging up Jonathan Kent a little bit, um, mm-hmm. only in as much as if they really want to use him to anchor um, the Guardian. Sorry, not the Guardians, the uh, Legion of Superheroes um, mm-hmm. in the future. Um, you know, if they if I, I would have understood if they put an existing character like Supergirl in the future, um, but given that they that Bendis, who was writing both Superman and uh, Legion at the time, wanted yeah. to, to have a character bridge that gap, it does make sense to have it be Jonathan Kent, and he would have been too young uh, for the Legion. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, it does it does sort of throw off the dynamic of having this like older now Jonathan Kent and this younger yeah. uh, Damian Wayne, but given, given Damian Wayne, like he has no problem uh, acting like he's still the smart guy looking up to, to mm-hmm. a Jonathan Kent. That's like five years older than him. Yeah. Exactly. Um, Key, are you familiar a lot with Damian Wayne that uh, this version of Robin? Yeah, totally. <laughs> All right. Well, I, I will I will pass along some some reading a reading list and also uh, the animated series uh, was it son, it was a uh, son of the demon right that was was that the DC animated series I think so yeah yep, that's, that's, that's exactly it. what it was mm-hmm. all right well yeah he I mean like I said I often say he's a polarizing character because he's such an asshole and he's like a ten year old asshole which is like you know yeah some people don't like like they ass- want to punt that kick. They want right. to punt the kid, just like <laughs> fuck up. Yeah. But like, yeah. yeah, assholes can be a bit of a, a polarizing. Like some hate them, absolutely despise them. Some like they like the fact that they're assholes. Yeah, and one thing that I will say from a racial perspective, um, you know, one like we didn't we didn't make this joke last last season, but you know, if he if he was drafted by the white delegation, he was definitely calling his parents by their first names. Um, 
Uh-huh. But uh, you know, in in I would say in the Can Puerto Rican, I would say in the Puerto Rican and uh, um, uh, Egyptian delegation, he's probably you know he's sticking to what he does now. Sure, he, calls, he calls them <laughs> calls them father and uh, yeah. and mother. <laughs> yeah, that, I don't think that shit would fly. Yeah, I don't think I don't think Raz Al Ghul is letting that kind of disrespect uh, yeah. happen happen in his in his uh, in Not his league today, Junior. <laughs> right, so it works. He, it works as a Damon Wayne as a, a person of color. Mm-hmm. Uh, did I? So I did not give the approval rating for that. So I will give that right now. Uh, the approval rating from the fans were seventy-six point five percent approving, uh, with sixty-four point seven strongly approve, eleven point eight somewhat approve, five point nine somewhat disapprove, and a little bit more than Kia this time with seventeen point six percent strongly disapproving. And um, yeah, that's a little bit of hateration. A little bit of hateration. Yeah, it was. You know. You know. I'm I'm thinking that's white people. <laughs> I'm thinking that's white people feeling like, which is ironic because Damian Wayne is is multiracial. Yeah. Like, you know. They were hoping. Mm mm. You know, they were trying to make Damian great again. Apparently. Um, <laughs> and that brings us to. The black delegation, where they drafted, drumroll, Emma Frost. Oh my God, she finally picked somebody I actually like. Oh my God. <laughs> the one uh, time Randy isn't here to give praise. I was actually ready to give him praise this week. Oh, he's well, not here for it. Well, he can hear you. He can hear your praise on the podcast. So, so go for it, Kia. I mean, Emma Frost. I mean, I don't know who thought of that. I don't know if that was Randy himself or you know the delegation. But points, points. This is this is a real thing. You're on the board, Randy. You're on the board. <laughs> that is true. Uh, Martina, are you a fan of Emma Frost? Uh, yeah. Um, from what I know of the character, I am a fan of Emma Frost. Okay. Uh, as like again, You're I'm more of a DC more, person. I'm more yeah. of a DC person, but like I do know some stuff about the X Men. So yeah, from what I know of Emma, I like Emma, and um, I also approved of this pick, much like Kia. He's not the she's not the first one that like I approved of, unlike mm-hmm. Kia. But like, <laughs> but like yeah, I I approve. 100%. Well, what I'm here, here's the thing. So I, I also enjoy the pick, but what I'm hoping for, and I hope that, you know, I, I feel bad, you know, because I'm opening, I'm opening up to other delegations, potentially sniping this pick. But Emma Frost has these clones that are, you know, basically like her surrogate daughters. Um, the, the, uh, the step, yeah, the step for cuckoos. And, um, I would love it if they brought if if he brought the cuckoos into the fold as well, you know, like Ooh. that would be awesome, you know. Hey just Martin, the, you hear that, Martin? That can happen for just you. The, just the sass, the sass of the cuckoos, and and you know, I'm making an executive decision right now that uh, the cuckoos are draftable as one unit. Oh, that's points, points, and points. Now I will read the the uh, canon overview. 
Emma Grace Frost. Talk to me. <laughs> Emma Grace Frost <laughs> is a powerful mutant telepath born to a rich Boston mercantile family. After parting ways with her family, she became the white queen, or sorry, the white queen of the Hellfire Club and began a financial empire as the CEO of Frost International. Starting as an enemy of the X-Men and clashing with the new mutants and new warriors, she later had a tragic accident that changed her heart for the better, putting her love for teaching to good use, but never afraid to cross the line of the morally correct. She became the whole, sorry, she became the co-headmaster of the uh, Xavier School for Gifted Young. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> you didn't think I was going to let that slide. <laughs> the the co-headmaster of the New Xavier School for the Gifted Youngsters, where she trained the latest generation of mutants, known as Generation X. She has since gained the ability to transform her body into organic diamond, rendering her nigh indestructible and making it more effortless to hide her emotional side. Seldom worried by what others may think of her, she has become a valuable member of the X-Men and leader to the mutant community in general, currently sitting on the quiet council of the mutant nation of Krakoa and having resumed the reins of the newly branded Hellfire Corporation as chief ambassador of Krakoa. Yeah, she's... Oh, look, if Emma Ross visits Kakoa, she could poke Kakoa. Kakoa could say, hey, stop. And then maybe they'll get a point for that. I mean, it's black on black crime. Um... <laughs> for real, though. <laughs> now, uh. Wipe well, off your feet before you get here. <laughs> that is hilarious. Um, <laughs> now, uh, you know, our buddy Randy uh, was able to put together a, a new backstory or black story as we like to call it for <laughs> for emma frost and as part of the black delegation so you guys can be the judge of whether the uh the new backstory uh comports well with the old backstory strong-willed sharp-witted socialite emma frost burst into the high society scene seemingly out of nowhere who was this charming black woman whose beauty was so stunning, who had such a discriminating taste in leisure and luxury, who was just so well-spoken, and whose strategic prowess could not be denied? No one would ever guess that she started out in life as Emma Franklin, whose librarian mother and plumber father feared their kids would never get much further in life than their home neighborhood. So many in Emma's community feared mutants, saw them as monsters, yet when her father learned she could read minds and could sway thoughts in a more favorable direction. All he saw was dollar signs, and he made sure to tell his daughter Emma know it. She always had smarts, but when she fell short for, say, a crucial test, maybe she could pick the teacher's brain for a little head up. And of course, uh, her work ethic was never a problem, but when time came to seek internships, job promotions, or rub elbows with the illustrious and secretive Hellfire Club, a mental nudge in the right direction never hurt. By the time she met the X-Men, Emma Franklin had now changed her surname to Frost to suit not only her luxurious new diamond-studded lifestyle, but her iced-out newfound secondary mutation. For years, the mutant hero's pursuit of harmony with mutants just didn't sit right with Emma, and too often they interfered in her plans to make money moves. Though over time she had to admit the way they operated wasn't as bad as she first thought. They helped her see that she had more than just an uncompromising business mind. She had a fiercely loyal and nurturing heart towards her fellow mutants. Eventually, circumstances would make her put differences aside and, the aid, and aid the X-Men. Their first alliance was reluctant, yet Emma Frost soon proved herself invaluable for her firm hand with young students and her unrelenting strategic talent for taking enemies to school. So pretty much she made Emma Frost me. <laughs> well, I mean, like, I'm flattered, Randy. Thank you. Thank uh, you. I'll take it back. And there was also a fan casting. 
uh, in that fan casting was Megan the Stallion. How do you so, feel about the fan casting? I mean, we're practically the same person. So I'm, I'm good with that. Kia the Bernstein? Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, obviously there are some, you know, some some divergences, but not not major enough divergences. I think. Yaddy, it, yaddy, 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 yaddy. I think I can I think it can work well within the confines of the the canon the canon backstory. I think that you know there's a lot, um, you know, maybe maybe the, there's a slight tweak in terms of um, her uh, living with a a famous family and perhaps using her mental abilities to make that happen. Um, you know, obviously, we know from the comics that Emma does have siblings, um, so those siblings would have to be incorporated into the fold. But you know, there, it, it's room. There's room for it. It's not. It's not. It's not enough of a divergence to um, to operate the the Deathlock rule, as we. I got as, a stink <laughs> and a reckless ass mouth. Um, let's go ahead and find out what the the fans thought, though, in terms of approval rating. It got. 71.4 percent um including 52.4 strongly approved 19 uh percent 52.4 percent strongly approved 19 percent somewhat approved 9.5 percent somewhat disapproved and a whopping 19 percent strongly disapproved uh what do we think about this 19 percent strongly disapproved guys i think that they can't handle the body yaddy 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 <laughs> I do think that there are people who couldn't get it out of their heads that Emma Frost, um, you know, had to be a white person, which is, you know, which is kind of sad. Um, well, also too, and then like, like, and then to like, you know, pretty much use my doppelganger, Megan Thee Stallion, <laughs> as a fan cast. I mean, holy crap! Like, that's a whole lot of woman, aka me, you know. <laughs> and like, holy shit! I, what do they expect? Like, that's a badass Emma Frost. And then when uh, she becomes diamonds, ooh, with that body, ooh. Uh, I mean, Mar Martine's over there like, yeah. Martine, do you concur? Do you concur with this? Yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah, sure. He's trying to, trying to pretend like he's not excited, but he's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah go no, ahead. I, you know, yeah. you know if you're mm -hmm. making the Stallion songs. Go ahead. Now Emma Frost is actually one of my one of my favorite characters, and I you know I was disappointed that that uh, the movies the X Men movies uh, they're they're generally known for not doing characters justice, so it's not yeah. surprising. But you know it was disappointing that they didn't do her justice in the X Men movies, and hopefully uh, when Marvel takes over the franchise, they will really give us a, a, a an Emma Frost you know worth um, you know worth paying attention to. Um, you know, obviously, in last round we had Jean Grey, and this round we have Emma Frost, and uh, you know, it's it's interesting that there are some some big time mutants that are still on the board. Um, you know, given given who's who's come off so like far. Who? Like who? You know, far like far be it for me to 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 name characters who could end up being drafted. Um, I mean, but... pay no attention. Pay no attention to the fact that I did that ten minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> And Randy, I just want to say one more time, you did that. There we go. Uh, but I guess you know you're gonna have to listen to the podcast to figure out whether I praised you or not. What's up? 
And that brings us to our first of many characters who involve, let's just call it multiversal shenanigans. That's probably the best way of looking at it. Um, as 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 I've as I often say, I'm I am uh, not a big fan of multiversal shenanigans, but um, this character this character embodies them uh, to the highest degree. This is a uh, from the Polynesian delegation, really bringing it this time around. I have to say, I um, I honestly like. Can we give a shout out to Tomati? Like, what's up? Yeah, I mean, what's, what's up, Tomati? I see you. I see you. But uh, I'm gonna need I'm gonna need you guys to weigh in on this for sure. So I'll, I'll go ahead and, without further ado, uh, announce that the uh, with the fourth pick, round five, the Polynesian delegation selected Kang the Conqueror. Now, Kang the Conqueror is a very controversial character because his origins uh, arise involving both time travel and alternate universes. That's Your favorite. Right. <laughs> exactly. Time travel and alternate universes. Let's see. There are one, two, three, four, five, six characters who are who are viewed as versions of Kang the Conqueror. That's uh, points. He did that. No, 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 no. Yes, he did. Oh, yes, he did. Give it to him give it to him that was genius so raw so here we go kang the conqueror while rama tut kang actually you know what i'll read the origin first yeah because you know you're gonna murder all those words that he put in there no 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 i'm 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 talking about the the canon backstory the canon backstory then you're gonna tell his story and then you're gonna murder those and it's gonna be hilarious Uh, you're already ready for it. You know, it's really, you know what's really funny? He's probably putting in words that really aren't <laughs> like an actual language and just to mess with you. So. I would do it. <laughs> Martinez, I would do it. <laughs> so here we go. This is, this is a wild ride, guys. Nathaniel Richards has had various incarnations over the years, and each identity has its own ever-expanding history. For the sake of clarity, this oh, – sorry, no, I'll skip ahead. Uh, there are many alternate versions of Kang in existence. Uh, it is commonly accepted that each alternate Kang has interacted with Earth-616 and is direct divergence from the prime Kang of Earth-6311 already, alternate universes. While differentiating between each of these divergent Kangs is difficult, all those that are tied in with the Kang Prime are listed. Nathaniel Richards was born in the 30th century of Earth 6311, in reality where humanity never went into the Dark Ages. After centuries of advancement in warfare, peace was brought to the land by a time traveler from Earth 616 named Nathaniel Richards. Because Richards brought peace to this war-torn future, he was known as a legendary benefactor. The Nathaniel Richards, born to this reality, is said to be a descendant of the benefactor through Reed Richards, although records also indicate that he may be a descendant of the Latverian monarch known as Dr. Doom. At the age of 16, intervention from his future self as Kang the Conqueror resulted in a young Nathaniel trying to prevent his eventual transformation into Kang, briefly becoming the, the young hero known as Iron Lad. The youth also briefly had a stint as a supervillain known as Kid Amortis. 
However, Nathaniel Richards eventually returned to his native time to finally follow his proper destined path, possibly with his memories as Iron Laddie raced. However, at this time, there is no conclusive explanation, and the events leading to this are as yet unrecorded. As an adult, Nathaniel discovered a time machine, and having grown bored of his peaceful time, traveled back in time to ancient Egypt on Earth-616. There he set himself up as Pharaoh Ramatut until he was ousted from his position from the Fantastic Four. Ramatut tried to flee back to his own era, but was caught in the time storm and was forced to appear in the modern era of Earth-616. A chance encounter with his possible ancestor, Dr. Doom, possible ancestor, Dr. Doom, <laughs> Uh, inspired Nathaniel to abandon his Rama Tut guys and assume one similar to Doom. In his first attempt, Nathaniel created the identity of the Scarlet Centurion, but abandoned his identity after being defeated by the Avengers. Resuming his Rama Tut guys, Richards attempted once again to return to his native 30th century. The time storm caused him to overshoot his own era, and he ended up in the war-torn 40th century, where Rama Tut found a war-torn future where barbarians battled with technology from past eras. But he found it, Ramatut found it simple to reinvent himself and conquer this era, creating the identity of Kang the Conqueror. And then he conquered the galaxy. It's Kang the Conqueror, became the Kang Conqueror that we all know and are confused by. Now, let's go, let's go down the list. Nathaniel Richards, not to be confused with Nathaniel Richards, Reed Richards' dad who traveled into the future. Ramatut from the past. Scarlet Centurion from the present. Immortus from the future on an alternate universe. Iron Lad, a young Avenger who is also from the future. Kid Immortus, who coexists with Iron Lad, but is an Iron Lad, but is also in the present. Mr. Griffin and, and potentially a Doctor Doom. These are all alternate personas of Kang the Conqueror, who jumps around in time and space and in alternate universes. Freaking love it. And, wait, I'm just going to run down the list of alternate reality versions of Kang the Conqueror, who may or may not be, <laughs> who may or may not be the same Kang from from the main universe. Kang the Conglomerator, Kang uh, from Caliber, no, sorry, Kang with an E, uh, <laughs> Kang from the Kang Collective, King Kang, King Kang, Sorry. King from the Power Pack, Scroll Lord Kang, Kang and Cap, Kang the Conqueror from, no, Kang Kong, sorry, sorry, yeah, Kang, no, Kong the Conqueror, uh, Kangaroo the Conqueror, uh, 41st Century Kang, Divergent Other Earths Kang, Impossible Man Kang, Cranky, uh, Last Avenger Kang, Rama Tut Kang, 25 Years From Now Kang, wait, how does that work, sorry, um, <laughs> Future Avengers Led by Kang, Ultra Nationalist Kang, Old Johnny Storm Kang, Aim Kang, Captain Citrus Kang. Does he just drink juice? Sorry. Voyager Kang, uh, Kang the Time Eater, Wastelands Kang, Tanarat Kang, Spidey Kang, and many, many more. So uh, Kang's not, you know, he's not what we like to call a simple character. What do you what are your thoughts about Kang Kia? Kang can do it. Kang <laughs> Kang. Kang Kang. What's up? Uh Black is Kang. Um Black so... is Kang. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, 
I mean, speaking of Blackest Kang, I don't know if you remember the story from um, a few uh, months back, but uh, Jonathan Majors um, from Lovecraft Country, Lovecraft Country was cast to play Kang in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, Kang at all. Yeah. I mean, it may be a few years yet before we see him um, in live action, but Kang he's out there. <laughs> I mean, he's out there. That means there's there. I mean, as we speak, he's been appearing in the Doctor Doom book. Hanging um, with the homies. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, Kang's good. Kang is probably going to uh, have a presence um, in in the in the uh, Marvel universe. The question is, though, which Kang is it? Um, now, I'll just I'll quickly jump into the approval rating before I dive into um, uh, Tomati's backstory for the Polynesian delegation. Uh, their approval rating here was 94.4%, which includes 72.2% strongly approve and 22.2% somewhat approve and 5.6% somewhat disapprove and 0% strongly disapprove. So, I mean, a lot of people, a lot of people fans of Kang. Now I will take a sip before I dive into the the Kang backstory from the Polynesian delegation while I'm at it. Martine, give your thoughts about Kang. He wants to Kang all day. Uh, I'm not going to lie. I got confused partway through your <laughs> explanation. Like, so like, Kang everywhere. Good, yeah, good good for Thomas. He, um, <laughs> He's like, I'm making up for all those points from first season. That's that. I got them all. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh good and good luck to you michael trying to read this uh kang kang all day all right i'm doing my i'm gonna do my best guys you yeah. i might surprise kang you kang there kang there kang kang everywhere <laughs> <laughs> kang 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 had a universe but we don't know which one it was <laughs> <laughs> so this is uh kang's uh backstory his polynesian backstory History is made, made by the deeds of the, deeds of the strong, the brave, and destiny is forged. Ake is the son of the god Tane, and is a human and a human woman by the name of Hene. Based on because of his heritage, he's immortal, with the ability to see through realities and time. His father is the god of nature and protector of humankind. Tane's greatest feat was separating the heavens and earth to create our world. Seeing the feats of his father, he decided to be special, to conquer and rule a world of his own. His father taught him incantations to traverse through, space, through time and space. Ake used these to travel into the future. He first traveled to the year 8233, where he encountered Celestials, where he acquired their armor and technology. Then he set about using it to travel back throughout time and realities. He conquered as he went. Wherever he went, he was worshipped as a god. He used his tech and knowledge to rule, build empires, and instigate countless wars. He foresaw empires rise and fall. Some he intervened, others he did not. He saw whole realities where colonization never happened and his people flourished. He was known by many names, but he chose to be known as Kang the Conqueror. In our time, he observed superhuman, hum, superhuman beings who protected their people. What he didn't know was that Tony Stark had been tracking him and his movements. Tony saw him as an imminent threat to our time and reality. Storm knew of Ake through the stories passed through her people. She saw him as a colonizer of time, a tyrant indifferent to the suffering of people. He had, his, he had the power to change history and protect, but he chose war and chaos. Stark, Storm, and other protectors of Earth vowed to battle Ake throughout time, oh sorry, across time and space, to thwart his endless internal quest to conquer. Ake, 
Kang the Conqueror. And the Polynesian delegation, you know, as as ever, provided a fan cast, a Samoan actor Joe Nafahu to play Ake. So, do you think that the Polynesian backstory can fit within the convoluted backstory that is Kang the Conqueror? Sure. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> I mean, it's, it seems more uh, understandable. <laughs> uh, sure, I, I, I would give it to them. What about you, Kia? Give it to them. Yep. I, yeah. I, yeah. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. There are enough. I there are enough holes uh, in the multiversal backstory that uh, there's a little bit of room, a little bit of wiggle room. I do think it's important, though. You know, given our our, our general rule about about their being uh, having to maintain uh, familiar relationships, mm-hmm. um, maybe you know, he, uh, conquerors are known to to manufacture their backstory a little bit. You know, maybe he doesn't want people to know that he, uh, he that he uh, descended from uh, Asian Asian Reed Richards and mm-hmm. as yet undefined Doctor Doom. You know, maybe mm-hmm. he maybe he creates this backstory where he's descended from a god, uh, especially because it makes it easier for him to rule ancient Egypt. You know, I think there's listen, history's written by the winners, and he's a big winner. Yes, he is. So, props to Kang. Uh, big things, big things are planned for Kang, and uh, your future awaits. Now that brings us to another character, who is known for multiversal shenanigans, and that character was drafted by the Latinx delegation. Mm-hmm. That would be Kendra Saunders. AKA Hawk Girl. Now, before mm-hmm. I uh, before I give you the opportunity, before I cede the floor to you, to uh, explain yourself, I am going to I am going to have to read uh, two different origins because there are uh, Kendra Saunders of many worlds. Um, I think it's important to talk about the Kendra Saunders of Earth Two, as it were. Mm-hmm. Uh, give me a moment. The Kendra Saunders of Earth 2 was the latest incarnation of Shaira and the grandniece of one of her predecessors, Shaira Sanders Hall. Unlike Hawkman, she initially had no access to her past memories. Kendra Saunders was a young woman who committed suicide. When her soul left her body, her great aunt, Shara Hall's soul, entered it. Her grandfather, former OSS agent and globe-trotting adventurer Speed Saunders, recognized this change and encouraged his daughter, I'm sorry, his church's granddaughter, to embrace her destiny as the new Hawk Girl. Uh, she went through a number of battles, including alongside the Justice Society of America, alongside Hawkman, as part of the Rand Thanagar War, the Justice League of America, and the event Blackest Night before she was tragically before she tragically died on Earth two. Not dead. <laughs> However, on Earth One there is another Kendra Saunders. Another Kendra Saunders? How confusing. <laughs> Kendra Saunders is the winged superheroine Hawk Hawk Girl, a member of the Justice League, she was formerly the leader of the Blackhawks, an anti-apocalypse team. 
Kendra was originally born as Shayara, the lover of Egyptian, Egyptian prince Khufu. One night, Khufu and Shayara discovered a Thanagarian ship that had landed on Earth. The ship was, comp was comprised of the mysterious Nth Metal. Exposure to the metal formed Shayara and Khufu, as well as their enemy Hothset, into a cycle of, sorry, forced them into a cycle of endless reincarnation through time and space. Shayara lived countless lives before being reborn most recently as Kendra Saunders, while her lover's latest incarnation was Carter Hall. In the most recent incarnation, she became the leader of the Blackhawks, a team that worked to prevent an upcoming apocalypse, as well as a member of the Council of Immortals, a group of the oldest beings on Earth. She warned the Justice League of the upcoming invasion of the Dark Multiverse, and later worked with the League to help them defeat the Dark Knights. I'm going to fast forward a little bit. During the battle, Kendra... Nope, sorry. Uh, 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 oh, here we go. Kendra was encrusted, entrusted, there we go, with the Council of Immortals with the mission of using the Anti-Monitor's astral brain in the Rock of Eternity to destroy the Dark Multiverse. However, when she tried to do so, she was interrupted by Barbatos, who transformed her into a Dark Hawk version of himself of herself, called Lady Blackhawk. Kendra regained control of her body after Wonder Woman used a lasso of truth on her, deciding to work alongside Wonder Woman to hold back Barbatos's army. After finding Hawkman's nth metal mace, Wonder Woman and Kendra traveled through the portal back to Earth, where they ended up fighting various corrupted versions of Wonder Woman and many of the League's villains. Um, she has nth metal wings. She has nth metal fusion. And she has an altered physiology reminiscent to her Thanagarian life. The, uh, the metal is psychoreactive, responding to the bearer's thoughts, and in space form has a number of electromagnetic gravitational properties. She can use razor wings, regeneration, enhanced strength, enhanced durability, enhanced villain, vision, uh, accelerated heating, accelerated he healing, self-sustenance, and telepathic resistance. She also has the reincarnated knowledge from her various lives. Uh, she is skilled in archaeology, investigation, weaponry, multilingualism, aviation, firearms, and military protocol. She is also, uh, in her mainstream incarnation, Afro-Latina. Um, and I would suppose that in her racial draft incarnation as part of the Latinx delegation, she is still Afro-Latina. Martine, would you like the floor? Yeah, obviously she's Afro-Latina. Did you, you saw our fan cast, right? I did. I was, but yeah. I saw it. I am giving you the yeah. opportunity to so, explain to the people. Yeah. So our fan cast for this Kendra is Zoe Saldan, who is Afro Latina. She's Puerto Rican, Dominican, Haitian, and also partially Lebanese. So I kind of felt like good pick. Good pick. Yeah. So like she plays well into like. Yeah, you could see that she was maybe potential. Like, if you want to go with the idea of reincarnation always ends up looking like the same, mm -hmm. you can see her being ancient Egyptian. Fair you know, enough. She could be black or because she could be Middle Eastern because of the Lebanese thing. Mm -hmm. And then uh, it's Zoe Saldana, you know? Yes. Yeah. Big fan of the actress. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So we kept it. We kept it that way. Um, oh, wait. And, one, uh, one more interjection. Mm -hmm. interjection because she's afro-latina she can yeah. call nth metal by the full name go on <laughs> that is correct yes <laughs> you can't but she can't <laughs> yeah no i know she, she can't she can't yeah but uh yeah so then uh 
the backs the backstory that we went with her is mm-hmm. uh we kept it a little of like her pre new 52 earth 2 like, version mm-hmm. yeah yeah her uh so where she was her parents did like were co- killed by a corrupt cop mm-hmm. that it was still a thing and unlike the other version where she would kind of grew up in like like foster system mm-hmm. like this version her grandpa took her in straight out from the get-go right and he knew like his cousin was hot girl and he right. knew or at least he kind of figured that uh Kendra was going to be hot girl as well. Now, I what I didn't know, her. what I didn't know until the, um, you know, un- until I did my my little background research, I didn't know that her grandfather was also himself um, a superhero, um, you know, and that of course informs his decision making as well. Um, yeah, I would imagine that that also informed your backstory. Yes, exactly. Okay. Yeah, because he knows the like the, that kind of life, so he kind of knows what skills she needs to know mm-hmm. because she doesn't have all the memories just yet so she hasn't unlocked that just yet mm-hmm. unlike the pre-new 52 where it was a case of like she committed suicide and then Shiera's soul went into her body this was just straightforward no this is her as a reincarnation mm-hmm. just hasn't unlocked the memories just yet gotcha. so she needs to train herself like she needs to get herself physically fit to eventually take over the mantle of mm-hmm. hot girl again and that happened when she was coming back home from uh, film school. Because mm-hmm. that was a thing with Kendra, that she was a film student. So like, it was like a car accident that kind of just like knocked like all the past lives back into her. Like kind of like she, where she got all that memory back. And that's when she finally just like started to take up the mantle of Hot Girl. Because her grandfather, in originally like Cyril Speed, Saunders mm-hmm. now Cesar, mm-hmm. we decided to go that route. Um, he was like, "All right, I I was right. You are ready. Mm-hmm. Like I'm proud of you." And then like she now is the double life of adventurer by mm-hmm. day, superhero, probably by also day, but just whenever. She <laughs> right now, yeah. now, now, what I do want to know is that you know one yes. crucial distinction between kind of classic pre New Fifty Two uh, yeah. Hawk Girl and modern is the nth metal aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I would imagine that um, there is a little bit of emerging in your version in that this version that you envisioned does have the nth metal wings. Yes. Like I would keep, like, I would definitely would suggest that, that we keep that, that that would be, still be the situation with our version of Kendra um, because it is supposed to be like modern Kendra. Yes. Like, so it is right. supposed to be like still with the nth metal. Yeah. Right. And the other yeah. thing that's that's divergent is that, you know, listen, the Hawk stuff is crazy to me. Um, so Shiera, mm-hmm. the previous, you know, when before they introduced Kendra Saunders, there was a Hawk woman who was also called Hawk Girl before she was Hawk Woman. Um, mm-hmm. And she has since been brought back into the into the main universe. And she and her romance with with Carter Hall. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. Is, is essentially the canon romance, whereas Kendra's kind of doing her own thing, and I think she has yeah. a kind of a romance with Martian Manhunter. Yeah. Um, I would imagine that you're still on board with, with that track for yeah, I'm Kendra. Yeah. That. yeah. The, the Kendra of the Justice League, as it were. Yeah. All right. And then uh, I, her Earth 2 version, like little thing, is a uh, 
Kendra Munoz Saunders, so I decided to keep that with okay. uh, this version, which why her mother's maiden name is Munoz. I was tempted to hyphenate this version's name and keep it like Munoz Saunders, and I was like, nah. And then it was just like, well, if we keep it Saunders, like maybe we can change that. And I changed it to Sanchez for two reasons. Okay. Because your One, name is Sanchez? No. Yes. A bit of an ego boost. <laughs> a bit of an ego thing. But also, Sanchez is one of the most fucking common Spanish surnames, period. It's always in the top 10, like, like whether it's like in Spain or various Latin American countries. Mm-hmm. In the Dominican Republic, I think it's like four or five. Did you so know that before you Googled or after? No, I've known this for a while now. <laughs> It's it's a very common name. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's like it is it's very it's, it's like a I think it's like a Johnson or some shit like that. Gotcha. You know, it's that common. Yeah. No matter where you go. Yeah, I mean I'm a little disappointed. There are Johnsons mm-hmm. everywhere. Yeah, there's Sanchez's everywhere too. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I'm a little disappointed because so we know that they're planning in the um, Black Adam movie to mm-hmm. have Hawkman, but you know it very much seems like they're holding off on any kind of Hawk girl, Hawk woman um, yeah. aspect. And you know that's disappointing, obviously, both for explore, exploration of the lore and mm-hmm. also um, an opportunity to have uh, Kendra um, in the you know DC Films universe. Obviously, we had uh, a Kendra in the um, Arrowverse yeah. or the CWverse, but nobody likes her. Um, nobody likes the character, and nobody likes the actress, so nobody talks about her. So we won't, we probably won't see her back. So that's mm-hmm. that that won't be a, a point scoring opportunity for you guys. Um, no. Kia, do you have any thoughts about uh, Hawkgirl? Yeah. <laughs> she, I, had to, I, had to, I had to Google that. She, I, I, did I say that right? Yeah, yeah, you did, you did. I, I, I'm really working on my Ebonics. All right, well, do you have any thoughts about Nth Metal, uh, you know, given that you have uh, the ability to call Nth Metal by its full name? No? Yeah, <laughs> just, uh, mm, carry on, carry on. And like Yay, I said, Martin made a good pick. <laughs> I I would be remiss if I didn't mention that alongside uh you know given our the multiversal shenanigans that she is not the first character to go by Hawk Girl. There was yeah. of course uh you know Shaira Hall who we talked about. Yeah. Uh and uh yeah there's there's at least six in the uh DC DC wiki. But I think you did a good job of explaining why this is the one that you want and this is the one that we should have. And that brings us to more multiverse shenanigans. The Native American delegation who uh, was whose uh, pick was auto-drafted. So, you know, uh, guilty is the Mm -hmm. auto-draft. I selected... Um, on behalf of the Native American delegation, I selected uh, Red Wolf. Kia, are you familiar with the character Red Wolf? No, Mike. Why did you tell me about Red Wolf? Um, so Red Wolf was the first uh, Native American Marvel character. Um, 
There are a number of characters who have used the moniker Red Wolf, including William Talltrees, uh, Wild Run, Johnny Wakely, Thomas Thunderhead, Rojan Smike, and Red Wolf of the Crow Nation. Um, but the current Red Wolf is from Earth 51920, um, a.k.a. the 1872 universe. Uh, that Red Wolf, we still have not uh, discovered what his... Uh, we still have not discovered what his real name is, but now's the time to jump into his uh, backstory. This Red Wolf was... Sorry, guys. He was in the in a place called the Valley of Doom, which was uh, in perpetual 1872 um, after the uh, Secret Wars storyline, um, which created a fractured multiverse. He was he ended up he started out as the as a quote unquote you know sort of savage type character, and eventually became the sheriff in that universe. Uh, after the end of the Secret Wars, when they rebuilt the multiverse, he was uh, transported back into the main universe, but in the past, in 1872. However, when he was investigating a murder, he confronted the murderer, and the murderer was a time traveler. And that and that time traveler, um, in, in the midst of the scuffle with the time traveler, he was transported, uh, transported from 1872 into the present day, where he uh, sets up shop. Uh, has a number of adventures uh, in the West where he uh, encounters Hawkeye. Um, he battles um, in the Resistance during Secret Empire. And uh, currently, he is some sort of uh, U.S. agent type figure. Um, sorry, um, not U.S. agent, but some sort of um, um, uh, law enforcement agent, rather. Um, he is currently appearing in the, in the pages of the Werewolf by Night series. Um, he's... Like I said, he's uh, that moniker has been used by uh, characters, you know, dating back to the early days of Marvel. So there's some, there's a good chance that Red Wolf will endure um, in the in the coming year. But again, multiverse shenanigans. Um, what are your thoughts about these multiversal shenanigans, Martin? I mean. I can understand why you feel a little frustrated by them. <laughs> I, I can understand that. Um, yeah, I mean, like, this was, like, one of those picks uh, that I was, like, I'm I'm really starting to feel bad for the Native American delegation because a lot of their picks are just auto-drafts, and unfortunately for them, not a lot of their characters are being used and stuff. So, yeah. Uh, but, uh yeah, it's. I think you're starting to run that list pretty thin, aren't you? <laughs> I mean, I I've still got a still got a handful. I've still got some got a few in mind, you know. Uh-huh. But like, it, it's hard to parse. It's hard to figure out, like, you know, who's yeah. got the highest profile, who's got the uh, biggest future. You know, you know, it's hard to tell who's 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 um, going to be used a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I thought that because of like the historical significance of Red Wolf, it was probably a good idea to uh, bring him to the forefront and uh, also because um, the this illustrious artist Jeffrey Verge, um was was the main 
artist on the Red Wolf solo series. I mean, this is a Native American character that had a Marvel solo series not too long ago. Um, so it was probably a good idea to pay respects to that. Yeah. Uh, Key, I'm I'm assuming you're not familiar with Red Wolf. Uh, he was one of the first Native American comic book characters. You didn't know that, Mike? Uh, no, I, I mentioned that. I mentioned that fairly. I mean, I mean, I I mean I'm, I'm surprised you didn't, like, you know, let everybody know. Like, that's weird. Oh. You know, it's very significant. Fair enough. Fair enough. So let's move on. Let's move on to the white delegation. And, you know, surprisingly, the white delegation went with a bit of a chalk pick. Uh, they went with a pre-existing uh, white character by the name of, sorry, by the name of Piotr Rasputin, a.k.a. Colossus. I'll just dive right into his backstory. Piotr Rasputin is a Russian mutant who possesses the ability to transform his body into organic steel, giving him immense strength and durability. Colossus is amongst the physically strongest X-Men and is a talented artist. Um, I've realized that I did not give for the last pick um, I did not give – actually, for the last two picks, I didn't give the uh, approval rating for Kendra Saunders either, did I? No. Oh, well, I'll, I'll do that right now. Uh, Kendra Saunders got 90.9% uh, approval rating, including 72.7% strongly approved and 182 somewhat approved and only 9.1% somewhat disapproved and 0% strongly disapproved. Mm -hmm. uh, the Red Wolf selection – Red Wolf got a 71.4% approval rating with 57.1% strongly approved, 14.3% somewhat approved, 21.4% somewhat disapproved, and 7.1%, which is probably Kia, uh, strongly disapproved. That's messed up. I don't like it that you point your fingers. Prove it. Hmm? I can't prove, prove it. it. I can't yeah, prove exactly. it. So don't yeah. assume. Don't assume it was me. All right, you only did say early in the show that you hit strongly disapprove for most people. But, um, I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah. Um, but Colossus, who was just selected by the white delegation, uh, was the fifth round selection, and he, was, he got 82.4% approval rating with 41.2% strongly approved and an identical 41.2% somewhat approved and 11.8% somewhat disapproved and 5.9% somewhat uh, strongly disapprove you know that's that's pretty pretty big disapproval for a character that you know is pretty much static and staying white you know what do you mm -hmm. what do you what do you think about that martin um i think some of it could come from the fact that uh magic was drafted earlier mm. uh, so now the fact that he is completely white as opposed to what uh Magic is uh, multiracial, black, and white Russian. Right. Not, not the drink. <laughs> exactly. No, but you've got, now, now we've got a black Russian and a white They're Russian. Tasty. <laughs> we've got a black Russian and a white Russian. I mean, it, I feel like it. I feel like it mm -hmm. almost works. But yeah, I think some of it could be that. You know, some of it maybe were like, ah, uh, maybe yeah. it would probably like, because there was no backstory, so we don't exactly know how this goes. Yeah. Um, That's a good point. Like, I, unless he's like. I am like white Russian and also black Russian, but I look more white Russian. <laughs> That's so right. Gonna... He's passing. Um, yeah. 
you know, like I could see that. I could see. Yeah, remember we've got to we've got to work it work it out uh, work it out for ourselves, right? So yeah. like yeah. So he he's so he's actually yeah. You know what? That works. He's actually multiracial, but he's he's passing, and because he looks the part as as white. Um, he's he's willing to go all in and identify as white. To say like I'm white. Yeah, to get all access to all of the Russian uh, white privilege. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know he's he at one point in time he probably you know was really patriotic, and you know he didn't want to be part of the underclass, especially after his sister gets uh, sent to limbo. You know, he can. You know, he goes to the X-Men as part of some kind of like cultural exchange, and he just kind of mm-hmm. denies denies his black heritage until his until his sister re- reemerges, and everyone's kind of like, "Wait a second. I mean, that's your sister, but ah." And then, of course, he has to be like, "I deny her." <laughs> it's the demons it's the demons they're the reason that she's black i'm still white <laughs> what do you think here does that make sense the... uh, i mean yeah it does make sense i i'm just kind of like you know i'm over the pick you know what I mean? like, oh wow wow i was gonna i was gonna just i was gonna call i was gonna call colossus a bit of a coon i, I was waiting for it it was i was i was uh i was i was cute I, I was i was lying you know i know you know i know somebody that is one i, I know that's what i'm saying i was trying to set you up for, for yeah. A coon, you know? yeah so I, so yeah i'll i will accept that i will accept that colossus is actually not not white but you know he won't he won't accept it he, he won't accept his uh his, his his heritage and that's how we'll play it mm-hmm. which brings us to another russian character but this time a russian character drafted by the jewish delegation shout out to the jewish delegation um they drafted natasha romanoff aka the Black Widow. Now, Kia, I am sure you've heard of the Black Widow. Um, just in passing, you know, when she gave me points. Oh yeah, she gave you a ton of points, didn't she? Yes, she did. Um, Black Widow, of course, uh, is still due to have a movie coming out this hey, year. Did you pick this? The Jewish delegation. Oh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll go ahead and dive into the, to the uh, canon backstory because the Jewish delegation didn't submit a modified backstory. Uh, despite super fo- no, super- Mike. Hmm? Okay, just nothing. No mind. Despite, despite super spy Natasha Romanoff's checkered past, she's become one of Shield's most deadly assassins and a frequent member of the Avengers. Despite her origins as an agent of evil, Natasha Romanoff has become a force for good in a world of covert intelligence and superheroics. Like her namesake Arachnid, Romanoff is stealthy, precise, and absolutely lethal. She is the Black Widow. Her skills include superhuman agility. Uh, deadly, she's a deadly one-woman fighting force, an expert in many forms of martial arts. She's also a skilled gymnast and possesses superhuman strength, speed, agility, and endurance. She is uh, deadly in darkness as he is in light. As a highly trained super spy, Natasha Romanoff stands among the greatest covert assassins in the world. In addition to her deadly skills, Romanoff also ages at an incredibly slowed rate, much like Captain America, thanks to a variant of the super soldier serum that was once given him. 
Oh, sorry, that she was once given. Um, so Black Widow um, in the comics is uh, is a lot older than uh, than she appears. She has connections to Captain America, Daredevil, Hawkeye, Nick Fury, Winter Soldier, and Wolverine. And her enemies include Baron Strucker, uh, Yelena. Um, sorry, Yelena uh, Belova, the uh, formerly White Widow, also formerly Red Widow, also Black Widow, currently, who I think is, is good now. Um, she also has connections to Hydra and the Red Guardian, and those connections, uh, Black Widow and Red Guardian, will be explored in the Black Widow movie. So look for opportunities. She does have a solo book who, that is written by Kelly Thompson. She is also kicking ass in that solo book. She's also appearing in, she also, you know, tends to appear in Avengers books. She's appeared in, uh, Captain America books. She's appeared in a Taskmaster, uh, in the Taskmaster series. Uh, Martine, did you have her on your list? Uh, she was one. She was someone that we had in our peripheral, especially because of everything that you said, mm-hmm. like uh, like personal series, Taskmaster, like multiple appearances is always a good thing. Right. So uh, yeah, um, I'm. It would have been. I would. I would have thought. I don't know how we would have gone about doing, like if we would have kept her Russian or if we would have made her, like the Latinx communist. Version, I mean, she like, could right? be Cuban. That's right? why I was gonna go like, and we can go, we can go like, she's a, like a Latinx Russian, or we just make her like our commun, like that, you know, like communist mm-hmm. of Cuban, making her another another Cuban. I mean. Uh, like we we own like when it comes to Latinx people in comics, if you're actually specified, you're either Mexican, Puerto Rican, or Cuban generally. <laughs> so it's just right. like yeah, let's just add another one to the list. But like nah, yeah, uh, I'd like this one. Like like you said, like she does show up a lot. So mm, yeah, I mean I think her. there's I definitely think there's room. You know if the if the uh, Jewish delegation decides to submit a backstory, I think there's room for an exploration of yeah. uh the jewish experience in russia uh in terms of you know how the russian jews yes 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 and in terms of how you know they were repressed and how you know she might have been uh might have felt an even greater need to prove herself um within that within that uh, regime mm-hmm. um but you know perhaps now that she's uh back in the states maybe she's allowed you know feels comfortable kind of embracing embracing her her heritage that would you know i mean obviously i'm just uh spitballing here but you know that could be the kind of thing that the jewish delegation might might want to dive into um that would be exciting that would be exciting mm-hmm. uh do you have any additional thoughts about black widow kia mm, i liked her better on the multiracial team uh i could see that i mean you know there's points <laughs> I mean, I would imagine that they're probably not going to diverge too much in terms of their fan casting, given that Scarlett Johansson is in fact Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, you yes, know, she is. although she's, you know, she... her last name isn't Hansen anymore, is it? Oh, cause she got married. Yeah, but I don't think she changed her name. I think she's keeping it. Um, yeah, I think so. Yeah, but you know, as we as we know, There's Scarlett Johansson, Scarlett Johansson tries to <laughs> embrace many identities including uh in- including trees so you know who knows maybe maybe scarlett Wait, johansson like trees that you smoke or is this a thing like, are you talking about because she lives in california and she's all about the weed is that what you just said 
No, this is just a very famous quote. Scarlett Johansson was talking about the fact that as an actress, she wants to uh, she wants to branch out. Um, oh, pardon the pun. Um, <laughs> like as an actress, she would you know she's willing to welcome any role regardless of ethnicity. She would even play a tree if if the opportunity presented itself. You know. Well, I got a movie for her or a YouTube video for oh. her. We should play a tree. Let's save that for Tumblr, Kia. (laughs) (laughs) But um, no, I I do think this is a strong pick. I'd have to go back through the other picks for the. Is it really though? Because I know she her book just came out when you know I was getting points, but the book's still out. Another book? No, the book's still. Is there going to be another? Like by the time we start doing points, will they get? It's going to be there. Yeah, Yeah. it's it's still it's still an ongoing book. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, if, you know, looking at the Jewish delegation right now, they're they're a little stealthy, stealthy powerhouse between the Hulk, Captain Marvel, Barbara Gordon, Cyclops, and uh, Black Widow. They're you know they're, they're they might be they might be out out, out here in the competition. Mm-hmm. They might be on the top half. You hear that, Martine? Yeah, I hear. <laughs> okay, you know, they're okay. contenders. They are contenders. It remains to be seen what they do with the second half of the draft, though, because at yeah. any, you know, it only takes That's one. That's when people get creative, or no, no. Well, at least most teams, Randy. Yeah, it only takes one. <laughs> it only takes one Krakoa to to, to to throw your whole <laughs> to throw your whole uh, draft off, or uh, you know, or one of, or a one above all, you know, like. Uh, I think, you know, I think one above all needs to come back. Yeah. <laughs> he he's above all in everything except for points. <laughs> and that brings us to the final pick of the round the south asian delegation uh they drafted danny rand aka the iron fist um, i know i know oh wait i forgot to say the approval rating oh, of yes. uh of Black Widow, it was a uh, 100%, 100%, uh, 71.4% strongly approved, and 28.6% somewhat approved. There wasn't one that disapproved? There was Did no disapproval. Did forget to vote on that one, Kia? I might have. <laughs> Not saying that I would have disapproved. Uh, but yeah, it's so, implied. I mean, <laughs> I, think that, I, think, I think that's at least the second or third uh, 100% approval rating for the Jewish delegation. That just goes to show that they're really out there killing it. You know, I mean, uh, uh, kudos, kudos to you, Jewish delegation. You are really out there uh, doing your thing, doing your thing in a racial draft. Good for you. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, going back to uh, uh, Danny Rand, uh, aka the Immortal Lion Fist, uh, trained in the ways of martial arts at Kunlun. Uh, Danny Rand became became the immortal Iron Fist and uses his incredible abilities to defend others. Danny Rand's life may have started in privilege, but it took a long journey into honor and strength. As the Iron Fist, Rand learned how to harness immense power, both mental and physical, to save others and fight honorable battles. He harnesses spiritual energy when he summons his chi and his fist becomes a weapon that can shake the earth. He is a intensive martial arts. He has intense martial arts training, which gives him reflexes to battle at a moment's notice in any condition. He has uh, acrobatic skills that only enhance his lethal mar- martial arts prowess, and he 
focuses his chi to heal himself and others. Uh, as we know, he has connections to Colleen Wing, Luke Cage, Misty Knight, Spider-Man, and Jaron Hogarth. His enemies include Sabretooth and the Steel Serpent. He is affiliated with uh, Defenders, uh, the street-level Avengers team, and the Heroes for Hire. Um, and, of course, uh, infamously, he was played by Finn Jones uh, in the Marvel uh, Netflix series. Uh, Kia, did you watch that series? Yes, I did. Yes, I did. And are you looking forward to an improvement on Iron Fist, uh, perhaps as uh, through a uh, South Asian bent? Well, I believe that this Iron Fist makes sense. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I'm <Yeah>. just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. And you know, one thing that I like about this uh, South Asian uh, version of Iron Fist, if we're going, if we, if we may, kind of like rewrite his backstory on the fly. Um, obviously, there can be you know very rich uh, South Asian American uh, families with a lot of money and privilege, who yes. um, who could find themselves uh, stranded, um, stranded in Kunlun. Um, even though he is a variety of Asian, he's not. Um, an uh, Asian that's traditionally associated with uh, Kung Fu and other kinds of martial arts. Um, he could still be, he still, rich. well, I'm saying he could still have that outsider, uh, that outsider notion that is uh, associated with, uh, with Danny, you know, with Danny Rand. Um, you know, I would, I would imagine that even, you know, if we're just going through his pure origin, uh, that part could stay intact. Where things kind of go awry, I suppose, is that, you know, when he comes back to the States and links up with uh, Luke Cage, uh, obviously Luke Cage hasn't been drafted yet, um, so it remains Wait, to be... Hmm? Am I thinking, maybe I'm thinking of Jessica... Wasn't Jessica Jones, or was... Luke Cage was in what part of New York? Like, he was in... He was in Harlem. He was in okay, Harlem. He was, yeah. Okay, he was in Harlem. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so yeah. All right, I was getting confused with the Danny Rand who was actually in Asian... Asia Town, right? Uh, Chinatown, you mean? Yeah. Chinatown? Yeah. <laughs> wow, I said that. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> right, but but, no, but one thing. I'm in New York often, guys. Yeah, no, not even. <laughs> no, but one one thing that traditionally, I don't know if you knew this from the comics, but traditionally, uh, Danny Rand and Luke Cage are best friends in the comics, and you know they had a long running series called Power Man and Iron Fist. Um, so that's like a canonical like best friend connection uh danny and luke um to to the you know as far going as far as they um luke named his his daughter danielle after you know after danny um so you know even though luke you know eventually marries uh jessica jones um his best friend who you know ironically jessica doesn't really fuck with um <laughs> um you know oh, like fuck with anybody my hero you know but um so given that such a big part of Danny Rand's story is his friendship with Luke Cage. It's going to be curious to see what what direction any of the delegations go with regard to Luke Cage, whether they draft him, and um, maybe we could flesh out the you know the this version of the Power Man and Iron Fist uh, relationship. You know, typically it's very you know in in the in the classic stories we're talking about like a black man from the hood and a white guy from the lap of luxury. Um, who forge an unlikely friendship, this would be something different than that. But, you know, it could still work out. 
depending I on. I think it would work out and it might actually work out a little bit better because though like, you know, the Asian version of Danny Rand um, is rich, he still, you know, has to go through different plights similar to an African-American male. That's true. In America. Yes. But, you know, like I said, one thing that like it for for Luke and Danny and in, in the classic incarnation, it's it's very much kind of like an opposites, uh, you know, an opposites situation where Luke is, you know, constantly puts Danny in his place about kind of, you know, being well-meaning, but coming from this place of wealth and privilege. And Luke ends up being kind of the corrective for that, the man, you know, the down down to earth guy who reminds the the guy who's a billionaire um, that things don't always work the way he thinks they should. But like I said, I mean, Iron Fist, I believe, does have an upcoming series. Um, I can't remember whether it's coming in March or April. Do you remember, Martin? Um, I think he has a mini that's starting in that's i think it started already i may have started in february. no it hasn't started yet oh, no. okay. so maybe it starts in february i think it starts in february because i i remember looking at what coming out in march and he has his so it has his mini but it's not like issue one from what i can remember okay so i know it starts before it's like a six issue mini uh but it will continue going through our season all right. So, I mean, that's points, which is mm -hmm. better. I mean, you know, last season, uh, I believe the Jewish delegation Dan, uh, drafted Danny Rand, and he didn't really put up a lot of points for the Jewish delegation. Um, but this season, we, you know, we should expect a lot more for Danny Rand. And, um, you know, there have been some rumors, especially given what we talked about with the whole Jessica Jones thing. There have been some rumors that uh, there would be some allusions to Danny Rand in the Shang in the Shang Chi movie. Um, if that were to happen, then you know we could we could hear some casting news and some news of a of a Danny Rand project, and that would be additional bonus points. So fingers, fingers crossed for the South Asian delegation that uh, you know the Iron Fist, you know brings his brings his fist of fury to the MCU. That would be be kind of cool. And that, you know, that wraps up our, our fifth round. Um, you know, now that we've talked about it, you know, do you, do you still feel the same way that you felt like kind of overall, Kia? I mean, actually, I have to say that maybe I'm a little bit more excited due to the fact that I do like Iron Fist a lot. Mm -hmm. And... So Randy still did a great job. He came through for the black team. <laughs> Are the brown team? It's those who like to be color coded and you know <laughs> very exact on exactly what shade they are. Um, what would you say your favorite and least favorite picks of the round were, Kia? Um. Let's start with your least favorite. <sighs> My least favorite, I mean, it's hard to say because a lot of people didn't come through with the backstory. But? So, it's really, it's kind of hard. Like, I feel like I need more information in order to pick like mm. the worst. 
I mean, I didn't say the worst. I just said your least favorite. I they're all good picks, sort of. Um, but. <laughs> mm, um, okay, my least favorite, I guess, would have to be the native delegation. Red Who Wolf. Oh. Who the fuck is that? I, Who I, is I, that? <laughs> no. Okay. Um, but, fair um, enough. Fair enough. And your um, and your favorite and your favorite. Uh, it would have to be a tie between uh, the black team and Iron Fist. Okay. Nice. Randy, you and got praise today. Praise. And and Martine, you know, you got to take your own pick out of the mix. I know. Um, so uh, your least favorite. Native. Wow. All right. That um, was not hard for me. <laughs> um, and your and your favorite? Probably Iron Fist as well. I wow. actually do like Iron. I actually do like Iron Fist. Like there's certain like stories of his mm-hmm. that I'm really fond of. Right. So I like that one. I you know that's that would probably have to be my favorite. Um, yeah, yeah, I would go with that one. That's my favorite. Okay. Well, not including arms, uh, obviously. Right. Well, I I will weigh in, and I will, I will say that my least favorite pick, um, shockingly, um, yes, it was also the Native American, but <laughs> but but my also my second least favorite pick, my least favorite pick that I did not pick, um, okay. because, my hand, <laughs> because my hands were were tied, <laughs> restricted by a low number of characters that were out there. My least favorite pick was actually Colossus. Um, not that not be, not that I don't think Colossus is a good character, but I think Colossus is a character that could have waited. Um, you know, it's still the fifth round. He doesn't have a solo book. Um, he's sort of kind of like passive in terms of the things that he does in the universe. He's he's sort of the standard team-based supporting character, and given the other characters and their upsides. Um, in, in terms of being lead characters, um, you know, even Kendra, she's not necessarily a lead character, but she's she figures prominently in the top tier team. Yeah, she's gonna be in the Justice League team. She's yeah. also gonna be like in the Infinite Frontier story. She's gonna be in the Flash issue when they go see the Justice League. Yeah, she's. Yeah, she. she you know, there. yeah. Colossus is generally not a leader. Um, he's generally not. Uh, moving moving forward big plots um his you know his biggest storyline in recent years was uh getting was was trying to get married to kitty pride and then getting uh left at the altar um you know he's just kind of you know he's not to say that he's he's a bad character he's a fun character people really like colossus i just think as far as a fifth round pick there was a lot of talent on the board and there is a lot of talent on the board and and when you're the white delegation you know you got a lot of characters to protect so mm-hmm. the fact that you decided to protect Colossus over, over some of the others, you know, yeah. that, that seems like a, a stumble for me. Um, as far as, as far as, well, you know, I, I, I'll, I'll say a word about Kang. Uh, the backstory was was great, but, but Kang is such a confusing character that you know, like, it, yeah. it was good. It was an outside the box. It was an outside the box pick, but probably could have snuck it probably could have snuck back and gotten Kang in the next round as well. You know, yeah. I think the people, I think that there are, uh, some, some, some characters that are, 
that are on the board that that still that could have can probably score more points than Kang right now. Uh, my favorite pick, I think, is still Jessica Drew though. You know, the right off right out of the gate, the Asian delegation. You know, they they kept it in with they've got Spider Man and they've got Spider Woman. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got they've got a character that's in the midst of a a storyline that's leveling her up. You know, she could have a movie coming soon, which means that they always kind of ramp up that character's exposure when there's a movie coming. You know, I think that she hasn't peaked yet as a character. And, you know, you want to have you want to have a character that's got some upside. My second favorite pick, who is another spy um, who might actually be peaking, and that's Black Widow, um, depending on how the timing goes, depending on how the timing goes, whether they uh release the movie a little bit earlier that may fall into our our, our period um but you know the books are, are doing their part to to keep her in the forefront the fact that they ha- already have you know kind of a casting in mind that that already fit, like it's not that far of a of a divergence um mm-hmm. you know from what we already know um in a lot of ways the backstory writes itself so um, you know, I, I, I always give a little bit of extra credit um, for a backstory that doesn't try too hard um, to reinvent the wheel. And, you know, fingers crossed that they don't that they don't uh, go that route. So so that's up there for me. And again, um, you know, mm-hmm. as much as as much as I like Danny Rand, he's got that he's got that the uh, albatross that is that really bad series and people going that guy. Iron Fist, really? You know, it's going to take a while to to get that stink off of him. Well, all I know is uh, Tom T came through with saying, I'll be picking my fame. Kang, 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 Kang. <laughs> mm-hmm. That is true. That is true. Um, so this brings us to discussion about what is upcoming in uh, round six. Who are you going to pick, Martine? Who are you going to pick? You don't have to answer that, Martine. Um, I'm not I'll go, going to. <laughs> I, I will go ahead, and for the for the benefit of the listeners, I will run down the draft order for uh, round six. It'll you know in in true snake fashion, it will be the South Asian delegation followed by the Jewish delegation, followed by the white delegation, followed by the native delegation, followed by the Latinx delegation, followed by the Polynesian delegation, followed by the black delegation, the multiracial delegation, and finishing us off would be the uh, East Southeast Asian uh, Southeast delegation. Sorry, the East Southeast Asian delegation. It's such a mouthful. But um Putting you know, him out. <laughs> like what would you what would you, what are you guys hoping for in this round? Uh, I guess I'll start with Kia because you know I know you don't have any hands to tip. <sighs> I what am I looking for in this round? Um I really hope that people come through on their picks and that just, you know, I think, uh, well, first of all, the black team needs to stay on the route that they're at, you know, like Emma Frost mm-hmm. was really good. Yeah. Keep on going. Keep on going. There are people out there like Magneto and stuff like that to pick. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, also, or, you know, <laughs> I'm just saying, you know, I'm just going to be out there. You know, yeah, Red Hawk. Yeah, no, wait, we already have Red Hawk or something. I don't know. I'm talking about, about Red Wolf. Red Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please don't pick a pick like Red Wolf. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Let's see. For the Latinx team, I think that, you know, you guys don't actually have to pick a really good one this, this week. I think you guys can just, like, stun on those hoes and, you know, maybe uh, come through with, like, a yeah, decent pick, but, you know, just, like, wait, I'm a flexing. Wait, wait quick question. Flexing. Quick question. Have you guys drafted a Marvel character yet for the Latinx delegation? We have <laughs> not. Not yet. Wow. All right, all Everybody right. Everybody take DC. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that, that is a lane. That is that is a lane. Go on. Yeah, I, I think they're a little obsessed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess last but not least, um, I don't know. The south and east. Wait. So, we so we have the south. We have the South Asian delegation and the East Southeast Asian delegation. On yeah, on. keep keep doing what you guys are doing. I think you guys are doing a great job. Multiracial team, Shep, you're doing great. You're doing good. Stand in there. What's up? Um, and yeah, I think. Oh, yeah, I yeah, think the that they're. Team, you know, the, hopefully you guys bring it. You know, bring something else a little bit. Go harder. Go harder. Go home. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. So, so I think that there are some. There are still some some big time Bat Family people out there um not too many but still some still some bat family people they haven't all been uh swept up yet by the latinx team (laughs) but i mean you know listen have at this point you know there's a lot of a lot of spanish signs in gotham city that's all i'm saying um have we have we determined what the food must be on point though (laughs) have we determined what the uh what the gotham what, what the gotham newspaper is called um El Diario or like what? Los Ojos. <laughs> oh yes, yes. We did Los say Ojos. Los Ojos. Yes, yes. Yeah. Um, the eyes. Right. Um, so yeah, you know, if you want to keep on with that theme, I'm not mad at it. Um I I think that there are still some some big time characters with a lot of powers and you know, given that uh, Infinite Frontier is gonna kick off right around, you know, right around the time. I mean, there's some Justice League members. That uh, that we expect to to do big things, so maybe maybe some of them get swept up. Um, you know, it's it's surprising that there are still Avengers and uh, and Justice League people on the board, and you know that would be a good a good thing to target in the upcoming round, especially if they have a solo book or something. Um. Um, I obviously I want I want to see some some creativity in the backstories and I love I love it when the characters interact with one another in terms of the backstories and you know obviously Tomati is the master of that um you know I don't know if you guys remember the um Avengers Earth Mightiest Heroes uh cartoon did you watch Mm -hmm. that Martin yeah I watched Remember, remember how there was like a whole thing between Kang and Iron Man um in that in that cartoon you know, I've, I definitely picked up on those vibes in, in uh, Tomati's backstory. So um, I'm very curious about where he's planning to go with that. Um, will there be another villain that he goes for? Will there be, you know, some Asgardians, uh, perhaps some Asgardians who might have a, a Marvel show coming up? You know, those are those are characters that that, that have big things, big things coming on. Um, like. Speaking of speaking of the MCU, there's uh you know this week we will get 
get our first episode of uh, WandaVision. And we'll have some, yeah, you know, we'll we'll definitely talk about it. We won't do spoilers, but you know, we'll talk. We'll give our impressions next week. And um, yes, we will. We will do spoilers. And, uh, we will do a spoiler section at the end of the show, so that we'll give people the opportunity to not get spoiled. Um, but uh, I'm gonna tell it all. But yeah, so hopefully, hopefully that'll give us some insight into where Marvel's planning to go in Phase Four. Um, speaking of fours, there are members of uh, that Fantastic Four that are that are still out there waiting to be drafted. So yeah, listen, there's a lot of talent still on the board, and you know even though there there's seven rounds, um, you know we're we we've, we've been doing some talk about a supplemental draft. I guess now's a good time to talk about the supplemental draft, which is going to be um, non uh, non superhero uh, civilian characters. Um, hopefully we can, can, can get that going after, after we finish our 12 rounds. Um, I'm sure everyone's got some ideas as to the supporting characters that they'd like to bring into their delegations. Um, I may as well, I mean, this isn't, this is less about this round and just more about the draft in general. I'm always looking for more people. I'm always looking for contributions um, from different uh, fans of the different delegations who want to make their voices known. Um, feel free to chime in on our on our posts. Feel free to chime in chime in on our podcast on our email at racialdraftpodcast at gmail um, You know we're we're always looking for more voices. We're we we want to have more guests on the podcast. We want to hear from you. We want to like you know expand the expand the universe so to speak. Everybody's welcome. Everybody's welcome. You know, we want to expand the community. We want to build it out. We think we, we really believe in this, we really believe in our project and we really believe in the fun of the racial draft. And if you feel the same, you know, we want to hear from you. So, um, you know, to that end, like I, you know, I hope that I hope that this is a fun ride for you guys. And I hope that you, you, you know, if this is, our, is your first show, um, I apologize, but if this is, you know, hopefully if this is your second, third or fourth show, you kind of know how we roll and you want to keep rolling with us. Um, rolling with the homies. <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, kid, do you have any, you have any more thoughts about like kind of the draft overall and, you know, the draft, the, the round to come? Um, just, you know, I mean, just the draft overall, all are welcome and let's just have some fun, you know, like let's be a little inappropriate. Let's have some fun. Let's do some, you know, race bending. Let's just keep it light, fun and just, you know, go from there and, and competitive, of course, you know, Martine, you know, you can't live without <laughs> that competitive nature. Damn. So yeah, let's just keep it going. Let's have fun. Woo -woo. And Martine, why don't you bring us home? Uh, you know, you heard, what it, you heard it. You heard it. Our quote unquote third co host. Ah! He said, Bring it home, daddy. I don't like that. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> My bad. <laughs> Got it carried away. See, look at how inappropriate we are. It's amazing. Go. <laughs> uh, uh, um, like, like, do the ending or no, 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 just. <laughs> Yes, no, just like no, 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 no. <laughs> oh, like say, give me your you final, can't... give your final thoughts. Give your final. Thoughts. Oh wow, okay. Mike, you can't, can't share the spotlight, huh? I can't share okay. The spotlight. Uh, well, <laughs> I do want everyone that can like to continue what they're doing, except like I want the native team to actually be able to make a pick, and their backstory to not end up going 
non-canon non-canon <laughs> route but uh yeah i want to see i want to see some good picks i want to i don't want to be one of the only three to provide a backstory again yeah uh but uh even i mean even if it does i mean that just makes the episode go by quicker <laughs> um but yeah and then uh same thing i just want uh to have a little fun but with some competitiveness as well here right yeah <laughs> and now and now you can drop it in i'm sorry now you can drop it martin all right well uh Goodbye, everybody. Hope to see you. I uh, hope that you all be with us here again next week. And like always, all things are possible. <laughs>